Welcome to Broad Ideas. Hello, Olivia. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Rob. Hello. I am a huge fan of our guest today. And I have admired her from afar, but like I really, really want to be her friend. And I don't want to sound desperate, but I hope she likes me. <laughs> Gina Rodriguez. Obviously, her breakthrough role was Jane the Virgin, which she won a Golden Globe for. I watched a movie of hers that was so cute on Amazon recently with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day called I Want You Back. It was so cute. You said Natalie watched it? I did. Did you watch it? I saw pieces of it while she was watching it. Okay, don't try to make it like Natalie just watches like the romantic comedies. It's really you. And you just want to say that she's watching it. But anyway, it was very cute. And I really recommend everyone watches it. And she was really good in it too. Well, let's get into it with Gina Rodriguez. And I hope I don't freak out too much. Olivia, keep me calm. Just be cool. (laughs) Just be cool, dude. Just act like Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Gina Rodriguez. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Hello, hello. Hi. So first of all, this is my best friend, Olivia. Hello. What's up, Olivia? And Gina, I am a huge fan of yours. I've... Same. Ditto. Never met you, but like always from afar, just being like, dude, that girl is so dope. I'll take it. I love it. Thank you. Everything you do. You were on Jane the Virgin and that started kind of when a show I was on on The CW was ending. And I remember being like, oh, dude, like, the CW finally has like a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> the CW is strange like that in the sense that I think it had the reputation of being like the spot where it had YA shows, you know, that right. weren't of substance. And I think it was all a lie. I think that was a facade. Like CW kind of knows what's up. I agree with you. But you got like, yeah. you know, well-deserved critical acclaim and everything, you know, yeah. but it was finally like cool. Like it's recognizing that they do have, you know, some good stuff. Absolutely. Some good material. (laughs) And it was such a great show and you were phenomenal on it, of course. Thank you. That feels like a lifetime ago. I bet. Was that like 2014? It started 2014 and then we wrapped 2019. Wow. And doesn't the last two years feel like 10? The the last two years feels like we all went to a different planet and came back. Yeah. And we're still not back. Oh, no. We're still not back. No, we're still engulfed, the planet engulfed in flames. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, what's weird, though, about your Jane watching you from the beginning of it. What struck me as weird was why does she feel so seasoned at this? Oh, like truly, it's like mind boggling because I studied acting my whole life. And I'm like, did she like I went on a rampage of learning about you strictly because I'm like, how did she do that? (laughs) Like, did she study acting? Did she go to school? Did she, like, you were so fucking comfortable from the opening of that show and through the whole thing that it was, like, almost off-putting. I'm like, how? Did you feel that way? 
Well, you know, it's crazy. I was 30 and I was playing 22. So I was like a grown woman playing, a, you know, a young girl out of college. And that was just not my real reality. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that is a awesome compliment. Thank you, Olivia. But I want to give the credit to, I was America Ferreira's stand-in on Ugly Betty. Are you serious? What? Yeah. And I went to NYU Tech School of the Arts. I studied theater. I was very much a trained technical actor in the sense of like, I, I was prepared for the art of it all. So I uh, had this opportunity to be America's stand-in in 2008, when the writer's strike happened, I had just moved out to L.A. And I got a call asking if I think I look like America Ferreira from like a random central casting yeah. guy. And I was like, well, yeah, I look like the four Latinas that are on screen right now. Of course I do. I look like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, 100%. And um, I went and it was to be the stand-in for her. They were like, do you know what a stand-in does? And I was like... You know, at that point, I had already a few guest spots. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what a stand-in does. Like, yeah, I've, I've had one. I definitely know what a stand-in does. I could do this. Yep. So I went and I met with America and she was doing that movie, Our Family Wedding. They were like, you got the job. And I was a waitress at Sushi Roku and I just wanted <gasps> oh. to be on set. Yeah, I just wanted to be on set so bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 2008, 2009. I just wanted to be around art. You know, when you're like so far away from your therapy or whatever that might be, your yeah. artistic therapy, your outlet, you just yearn for it. And I just wanted to do anything. And I have zero ego when it comes to the industry. I'm like, I'll hold a boom mic. I just want to make art. Like, and there's yes. nothing actually holding a boom is very difficult. I'm not even devaluing that. But just in the sense of like, as an actor, I will do anything just to be on set. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll do any role you'll give me just so I can like soak up something from someone because someone's going to give you something. You know, there's yeah. going to be like some dope wisdom that you gather. And so I was like 100%. I got the job. I was her stand-in for the film. Rick Famuyiwa, the director, was like, you're super cool. Like, what do you do outside of this? And I was like, well, I'm an actor. I went to school for acting. I'm trying to do that all the time. And so he put me in the movie. And then America was like, do you want to come back with me to do Ugly Betty? <gasps> what? And then I went back and I was her stand-in for like six weeks on Ugly Betty. And then I booked an indie film. But for those six weeks, I watched her. And uh, it was a master class. Wow. It was a master class in technique, in, I mean, like, she was aware of, and she hadn't started directing at that time. She was in season maybe three or four, maybe four. Maybe it was her last season. It was something like, I think it was the last season they had. And she was a G. She wow. just hit her mark, hit her light. Never, like, if she was in the shadow of her fellow actors, she would just kind of, like, shift. There was never a take that she wasted. Wow. She was just so bomb. And I just watched her like a hawk. And then flash forward five years, I get Jane. I mean, and everything that I had done leading up to then, all the like opportunities I had, I always would watch. I didn't kick it in the trailer or anything. Like, I just was always watching. I minored in film. I wanted to direct. So I was like, I just got to watch people and see what people do and how they do it and why they do it. And I don't know why more people don't do it. You just spot all the things. Yeah. All the ways in which things get like misunderstood or like little mm -hmm. things get like lost or like I would just sit back as a stand-in and be like, you know, you'd see like four people figure out where that thing was that that other person that came by and put down and everybody forgot. And I just be like, it's right there in the corner. It's right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you been paying attention? And I'm like, because I would just watch. And so that was the greatest. That and like working on a soap opera. 
Yeah, that's what they say, that it's like basically, you know, summer camp or training camp or whatever you want to call it, you know? Boot camp. Yeah, Yeah, summer camp. All of it. All of the camps. (laughs) All of them them like, yeah, into one because you're, you know, memorizing like 40 pages a day. That's bananas. Yeah, it's bananas. And you have like one tape. I was a stand-in for a year, remember? I was a stand-in for a year and my dream was that they were going to be like, you can have a role, but that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> no fucking, no one ugly buddied me. I'll tell you that much. I remember I would do my makeup every day and show up to set, be like, I will be discovered. <laughs> but yes. it, you do learn the technical yeah. side that, like, Ooh. if you're in theater and all of that kind of stuff, it's so mechanical when you're on a set oh, compared yeah. to you know, acting school and live theater. It's like a whole different thing. You have to kind of think more mathematically in a way. Yeah, all the things that go into it, like you were saying, just how America is like so perfectly, like you learn that. You're like, okay, I'm going to shift my weight. I'm going to get in my light. I'm going to hit my mark. And then the camera's over here. And then I got to look camera left. It's like, but for you, you've taken it a step further because you've started directing, you know, which my mind can never quite get around that because I'm like, I don't even know where I would start with this because that is so intimidating to me. You know, I feel like I'm sure you would know how to do it. Well, I appreciate your confidence. (laughs) Yes, I do believe it. I wouldn't say I know what makes like um, the great training for a director Mm -hmm. outside of my practical perspective of like go to school for it and learn the craft of it. But when it comes to like the specifics of directing actors, there is to me some of the strongest perspectives and approaches have been from those that have acted themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obviously, we know there are great directors that have never acted, and that's a thing. But when I'm directed by actors, there is a beautiful, um, you know, empathetic sensitivity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very nice to find. I think as an actor, wouldn't you say it's really yeah. nice to have somebody that's a little more empathetic to like... Always. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, it's a crazy experience. Yeah, they just get it sometimes in a different way. Not always, but like, you know, you feel like they're holding your hand a little bit more. Yeah, and they also know what it is to be in front of a camera, mm-hmm. in front of 150 strangers, essentially that'll eventually be family, hopefully. Right. That then, you know, you could be on your period. You can oh, yeah. have a tummy ache. You can have diarrhea. Right. You can have like... You can be like any kind of human experience mm-hmm. and that doesn't really matter. Nope. <laughs> and and then sure does you it. know, and it's really nice when quite literally the act of moving, breathing, living, and existing is combined with a understanding that in order to then like personify somebody else's experience, mm-hmm. pretend to be somebody else, you have to kind of put your living to the side. Right. Right. Or you have to integrate them. And that's really dope when you integrate them. Yeah. But that's also very difficult. And you're saying, you know, like the crew or who you work with, like they really do become your family. And then for you, one like quite literally became, became your, your family. Yeah, your no. husband, right? You met him on, on set. The set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, I tell Jenny, who's the creator of Jane all the time, I'm like, you changed my life, um, my career and my quite literal existence because she introduced me to my husband, who she picks out everybody. She approved every actor. Wow. So, she quite literally picked my hubby. But yeah, I met him on set of Jane and it's a really kind of dope, cute me, me cute. What is it? Me I cute. Always, I know. I just, I, yeah, me cute. I learned me what cute. that was recently. <laughs> yeah. He came and he played the stripper on Jane and nice. he was thrusting in my face and I was <laughs> pretending like I hated it. And Oh my God. You're like, instead of shaking his hand, yeah, <laughs> I met his important parts. <laughs> well, and his, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if this is uncomfortable for you to hear, but his body's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He is a specimen. He is a um 
gorgeous human being. He's gorgeous, so beautiful inside, though. That's what he yeah. did. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, for me, it was like, wow, you're a gorgeous human being before he spoke. <laughs> um, but if he would have sucked inside. Of course. It just wouldn't have been enough for me. Right. Like, I, I can ignore a lot of things. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if he was a terrible person, I could ignore. But yeah. no, he's a really, really incredible human being. And he actually helped me significantly with my relationship with weight. Mm, and, really? Yeah. Like, big time. Big time. You also have a killer body. I'm not going to lie oh, yeah. about that either. You're I'm looking at your Instagram. Yeah, your body's Thank sick. You. Yeah, and insane. Wasn't always at all. Strong, not at all. I mean, I have Hashimoto's disease. And for a very long time, keeping weight down felt like a curse. Like, oh. I felt like when I first got Hashimoto's, I was like, oh, straight. Like, literally, I got an actor's curse because it directly affects your metabolism. Yep. You know, you're not producing the hormones that your body needs. So you... At times, it can feel like you have a loss of communication with this thing, the spacesuit that you're in. And you're just like, why don't I have a grasp on shifting mm -hmm. what this physical being is? Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that he taught me the most, I would say, is that my body is a reflection of what is happening in my current life. So if yes. I am on Jane and I'm doing 14 hours a day, I don't have a lot of time to work out, you know, and I, my choices of food might not always be the best options or the best like opportune moments to eat like two in the morning when you're still shooting right, and you right. need some energy or else you'll fall asleep on set. But that it, my body won't look the way it does if I have a month hiatus and I can work out, you know, every day and I could like pick and choose my specific foods and I'm not emotionally eating, right? <laughs> I'm not like exhausted or devastated because my husband just died on a fake TV show or, you know, whatever it may be. And, and, and looking at my body as more so what a beast that in this time it carries me through and it's going to look like what it looks like when I don't have opportunities to work out all the time or to pick the best foods. And then when I do, that's going to look like something else. And really to meet my body where it's at versus just being like, why don't you look like yeah. everybody else and all the pictures right. in the, you know, magazine. And so recently, very recently, I figured out what my body really needs to be strong. Like in terms of nutrition, it's taken me 30 plus years to figure out that like, I should not be eating gluten. I should probably chill out on dairy. Yep. It's garbage for people that have autoimmune stuff. Oh, yeah. Soy, fluoride. Like, it's bad. I, yeah, it's, there's a lot of things that, but that kind of discipline also took a long time for me yeah. to craft and mold, you know. Like you're saying, being on set that long too, and all the options that they bring out to you, and it's like, here, have a donut. And you're like looking at these like amazing donuts or like flaming hot Cheetos, which honestly, that's my weakness. Like, fuck. And they're like, I'm sure I have multiple ulcers from the fact that I've eaten flaming hot Cheetos like every day for like <laughs> oh. 15 plus years. Oh, absolutely. Like shitting red, literally. Yeah, shitting red <laughs> fingers, fucking, right? Fingers totally stayed for like weeks yeah. at a time. No. I swear you could go back to Jane and if you like focused in on the stain under the nail. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. You are a woman after my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to not eat gluten and dairy for me. I do a little dairy, but I have some autoimmune stuff that I can't eat gluten too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so much easier taking it off the menu because then when they come with the donut, it's like not an option. It's like not an option. Can't same. eat that. Yeah. But one thing that I work with a lot of young girls on self love and one of the biggest things for women is their body. Mm. And we both had kids and that transformation of like you 
gain a human. Your yeah. body you gain expands. other things too. It, Let me like, tell you. You know, it changes <laughs> and it and it morphs. And like one of the things I learned was the way I talk to my body, my body mm. responds to. And not just on an internal level, I literally feel that weight and holding on to that is like a manifestation of negative self-talk for me. 100%. Well, I mean, I would agree with that then. Yes, for me as well. I mean, like if you do that experiment where you take a plant and you say something yeah. loving to it every oh, single yeah. day, and then you take a plant and you say something nasty to it and just like, you know, shrivels <laughs> up and it's like a hundred percent. I started four or five years ago in the shower as I bathed being like, I love you. I love you elbow. I love you tetas. I love you neck. Like I just, I started like touching my body in an appreciative manner. And I should shower every day, but I don't. I'm like, terrible. I can relate. Yeah, I know. I'm like, but how much that's transformed the way I look at myself when, because my body fluctuates in weight. And I have now just finally accepted that and been okay with the fact that that is healthy. It yes. is healthy that during my period, I get a little bit more weight to protect my ovaries and to like cushion my body. And like, I'm hopefully going to go on the mama journey. Like I want to, you we want to start trying. Oh, so bad. Oh, so bad. Yeah. yeah. I've just been envisioning birth. I haven't even taken out my IUD. And I'm like envisioning <laughs> Why don't you take birth. it out? Yeah. <laughs> I need to take yeah. it out. I have, Why don't we envision you taking it out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love that so much because every... Oh, every like beautiful heart tells me that. I feel like I get that so often. We're like, take it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I want to go on that journey as well. And it's interesting because there was these two thoughts that were happening in my head for a very long time where I finally got into a place where I love my body, even in the times where it doesn't reflect the images I've been conditioned to say are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there was a voice that was like, oh, you just like your body. Now you're going to destroy it. Like you're going to go on and destroy it when you finally just started liking it. And there's this louder, more beautiful voice that's just like, oh, God willing, we get to procreate. And right, who cares? Yes. Like whatever the body looks like, that's what life forming goddess yeah. body looks like. And exactly. that's just what it's going to be. It's a beautiful um, body instead of like, beautiful. oh, all the negative, you know, but especially in our business and what we do. And then, oh, bringing a kid and then, working and your body and this, like there's so many other things that go into it because of what we do. And it's like this added pressure. You don't need that when you're trying to have a baby, you yeah. know? No, right? When you're trying to give life. But you know what the crazy thing is, is our industry gives us that pressure and then it gives the world that That's pressure. Right. Like we're in the industry that perpetuates those images, mm -hmm. that conditions our brain to be. So it's interesting. We're like in the space that is what's also hurting us. Right. But you know what I do love? I will say Kate Winslet in the last project she did. Mare of Easton. Yeah. yeah. I, I always say this wrong. Yes. Yes. I always say it wrong. There's another one like yeah. Mare of Kingston. Because there's like, there's like no, also like know. East of Maretown or something. There, yeah. There's, there's also another like an opposite one. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she did yeah. that, you know, when they wanted to Photoshop her body during a sex scene or something. I haven't watched the actual episode. But, you know, like maybe she had a little belly, like whatever it was, like yeah. a natural woman. And they wanted to Photoshop That's sexy, it. by the way. Like, but, I don't understand who we're deciding dude, what is sexy for. You look in history and like all you see are women with curves and body and like that's what was beautiful, you know? And who knows when well, because that... Because that's also reflected wealth. That's right. the That's what's, you know, it's like you were considered poor if you were thin and if right. you were nice and thick, you're wealthy. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, well. then 
then you're like sought after. And then you're like, oh, I want that woman that's all voluptuous and delicious because she's eating well and she comes from a wealthy family and not that thin, you know, scrawny little. Yeah, yeah scrawny. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. Isn't that wild? It's the so crazy. Just... I know. We need to like reinforce that. <laughs> I think it's the biggest thing because these young girls and young guys, all that pressure. Oh, yeah. I remember even after I had my kid, like my programming, I would look in the mirror naked mm. and be like, like I literally, the first thought would be like, ew, you're fucking disgusting. Oh. And I would stop and I would hold, just like you were saying, oh. I'd hold my body naked and look in the mirror and rub me and be like, I love my beautiful body. And I would do that every single time oh, I wow. caught a glimpse. And then the floor really loves your boobs. The floor, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then my boobs started shrinking and falling. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> no, but how powerful that is, yeah. right? So powerful to be like, I love you as you are this moment, not yeah. contingent. Right. Yes. Right. In this moment. Yeah. And Kate Winslet, she didn't let them Photoshop her body. And I was like, you know what? I fucking love her. Like, that is what everyone want, needs to be looking up to. You know, you see these like, Hollywood like stars, like whatever. But like that is a perfect example of what you want people looking up to. And she was protecting herself. Right. Yeah. Like that's a protection of oneself about right. saying like, you are projecting this idea that I should feel self-conscious about that image. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah. So don't. Right. You're not protecting me by telling me we're going to make you look like the images we all have decided are more beautiful. Right. You're going to remind me that this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's saying yes to you. Mm-hmm. And not just being rebellious to the industry, but to be like, you know what? So I have this... um birthmark on my thigh. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of shaped like a heart a little bit. To others, it may seem like an imperfection. Mm-hmm. Right. And on Jane, it would always be like, hey, uh, can we get makeup to like get that thing on her leg? Yeah. And I would always be like, no, it's my birthmark. No, it's a mm-hmm. birthmark. No, it's fine. You could just leave it. It's fine. It's a birthmark. Yeah. But I would make a joke. I'm like, I'm sure somebody's going to say something about the birthmark. Mm-hmm. Got to cover the birthmark mm-hmm. because of whatever conditioning we have, because I don't even blame the person. No, no I'm not they're like, conditioned. Is, how dare you? But like, I can see it because I'm like, no, I get it. Because for a while I used to be like, oh, like, look at this smudge on my thigh. Uh-huh. I have the same thing on my arm. And the first series I ever did, they covered it with makeup every single yeah. day. But then my last series or one of the later on series, I was like, no, leave it. Like, it's a birthmark. Like people, like it's, it's birthmark. we're human. It's a pimple. Yeah. Like we're human. I mean, continuity like, or whatever. Cares. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, come on, you know, but it's the same exact thing. And it's just, it's so image driven, which is like one of the bigger issues. Well, product, product yeah. driven, right? Right. Because we, I think culturally are trending towards a space of people having the yearning for self-love and self-care. I, I mean, like I'm in my mid thirties when I was 15, we were not talking about this. No, like no. The internet was just coming about. Right. Like, I had a Dell computer. Like, remember those fat yeah. old oh, yeah. Dell yeah. computers? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, like, it's so great and wonderful to see how much more the conversation is common. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just more consistent to be like, hey, come on, self-love, self-positivity. And like, also just like we have to change up these images that we're giving to these young kids, male and female. Mm-hmm. You know, like the masculinity images for young males is... It's limiting. All of these images are limiting. limiting. That's all it is. It's just limiting. Mm -hmm. And so it is nice to see how much more, even in our industry, people are understanding that Anjanu doesn't just have to be thin Caucasian woman, Mm -hmm. that it could be many things. And like the villain doesn't have to just look like one thing. And, you know, like we're all, yeah, we're just expanding 
these limitations that have like really kind of conditioned us all to limit ourselves. Yeah, very limited. And I feel like one thing I like that you said is like, no, don't cover it. It's fine. I feel like it takes people having the courage though to stand up for that and be like, no, I'm good with that. I remember when I tried to get into acting very young and I remember them being like, because I have like a eye that wanders off on certain things. So do I if I take these off. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yes, I remember yes. them being like, you need braces. You need to fix your eye. You need <sighs> to stay out of the sun because your skin's too dark to fit oh, in with ooh, white people. Oh my like gosh. you don't look white enough. And I remember like at that age, and I really wanted to act though, you know, and I went and tried to fix all the things. And in that, I think I got further and further from what I thought of myself. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's one thing I feel like watching Rachel, we've been best friends since we were really young, is that you've always held on to like who you are. You don't conform. I hold on to all my insecurities and all my shit. <laughs> no, I mean like you don't try to bend. Yeah, I'm like, give me my flaming Hot Cheetos. Like I, <laughs> but it's true, you know, I, I did grow up like, so it's interesting you were saying, you know, when you're younger, you don't think these things, right? But in my household, like I grew up with a mother who was very like spiritual, self-love, like mm. whatever. But I also had a very, how can we say? I, I grew up fast. <laughs> Just like getting into trouble, you know, being... Where'd you guys grow up? In LA, in the Valley. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you live in LA? Part-time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I grew up in Chicago, so very different. I got into a lot of trouble too young though. You, you did. did. We <laughs> were like, tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was a graffiti artist. I used to race cars. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shy town was, Chicago's wild. We were into graffiti too. You were an actual graffiti artist? Yeah, I used to write. Wait, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's how we grew it up. It is how we grew up. Really? Yeah, oh, nobody yeah. ever connects on that stuff. Yeah, I rarely. There was one other graffiti artist that was, she was my best friend. Her name, well, I feel like she'd kill me if I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, put, her on, put her on blast. But yeah. She yeah. was really good, really yeah. talented. And yeah, it was basically just her and I and a bunch of dudes in That's Chicago. That's so cool. We used to like ride freight trains and hit up water towers and just, it was wild. Yeah. But I used to write Muse. Muse. Nice. I love that. Well, we grew up with, you know, we grew up with taggers, taggers. like in the valley. Tell, like, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All of it. Doing Same. all the things we shouldn't have been doing it. Like 14. 100%. Yeah. No. Sneaking out and going bombing, doing the. Oh, yeah. oh you're saying all the words. You know it's. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You went yeah. No, no. You know. Yeah. We had like, we would, I remember one night we had a sleepover <laughs> and we legitimately got raided by the like FBI and they came and took like all our notebooks and all our stuff because like. <laughs> One of the world's most famous taggers was in our house and like her first boyfriend. I mean, oh, God, <laughs> Gina. Oh, oh my Lord. God. I love this. When my best friend comes into town, we all need to kick it. Because oh, for yes. sure. Let's do it. Exact same memories. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's Me go. And my best friend used to like we would go bombing. Yeah, let's go bombing in our old asses. I love it. Oh. <laughs> I want you to bring your baby in your baby pajamas. I have like, cans in my backpack and like just pregnant as hell tagging yeah. together. That'll be hysterical. Um, but me and Jessica used to like tell our parents that we were sleeping at each other's house. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go tagging all night long. And then we'd sleep in my car until like it was just so wrong. You know, we grew up in the hood. 
We didn't have any money. We were just trying to find each other. We were just trying to find somewhere we fit in. We were yeah. all others for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was a sense of community. It was trying to figure out where and how you could do your art at that time. Right. Yeah. You it know? was different. And it was always, everyone's like, oh my God, like graffiti. It was just so <laughs> frowned upon. But a lot of people, they're just artists. Like it's, it's just know. artists. I know. Yeah. And it was before Instagram and internet. And like these people were getting fame in a different way in like, how we grew up, you were cooler the less you had. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. cool to come from money. Like everyone was so trying true. to be hood, yes. you know? Like yes. it was a completely different time. And it wasn't like, I have this and I'm showing off this. It was like, no, I'm going to go drink a 40 at the train tracks. <laughs> and like, so true. 40 old English was oldie, my oldie, yeah. oldie, Just like a sure. big old 40 of like piss looking. So yes. bad. And Fear. like, oh, so oh bad. God. Yeah. So gross. So like gross. Dollars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the days. Those though. were, I know, looking back, like every time we talk about it, we're like, dude, it's just such a different time, you know? And like, I was never like cool enough to actually tag. I, I made up my own fake crew. Like, you know, it was that whole world Thanks. of like, no, yes. I can be cool. Like, you know, yes. but mainly I just like dated the dudes or if you want to call it dating. <laughs> but it was, you know, this is how it was growing up. I think Where it was called did. kicking it with. <laughs> kicking it, yeah. 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 Remember when like hooked up was just like kissing. Yeah. And then it changed to like having sex. Yes. And I didn't know that that change happened. Oh, no. (laughs) I remember when that happened. I was like, yeah, I hooked up with him. And they were like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, not sex. No. 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 We called it scamming. Did you call it scamming? Did you? I I think that was like we called it scamming. Yeah. But that was just like like making out. It wasn't having sex. Yeah. I never even heard that one. Yeah. You haven't heard of scamming. Maybe Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be different lingo. Hooking up, kicking it. Different lingo, yeah. And I think you're a few years younger than us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, you are. We're still the same, though. (laughs) We're still in the same same. Yeah. Yeah. We used to, like, hook up with guys. But, like, in our day, it was cooler to be hard to get. And I've noticed, like, now that's changed where it's, like, girls want to, like, compete over how many guys they hook up with. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. Yeah. The young girls. Really? I think it's like an ownership thing. Wow. I think I was what one would consider a prude, but I think people wouldn't have thought I was a prude because I was like kind of a badass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? But I was like a badass that wasn't doing anything. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. similar to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't actually like, yeah. like, don't come near me. Like, I don't, you know, yeah, but I didn't, like do anything with you. Yeah. But, yeah. But I'm wild. You want to get in my car? Let's go race. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to yeah. put out. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, you're not going to get anything for sure. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I did get like I got chased by the cops multiple times, but I got chased by the cops <laughs> one time with another graffiti artist that is now a working actor. Oh, that we grew up together. Him and I went to go and tag up a freight train. 15 years old. He really wanted to make out with me. That's all he really wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And. I was so into it. I wanted him to want to make out with me. I wasn't going to make out with him. Right. But I enjoyed someone wanting to make out with me. So we go, we go tagging in this freight train by um, Belmont and Clark, Boys Town. I used to love to kick it in that area in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that's where he (laughs) lived. And... You know, like, he used to write Kami. I wrote Muse. He's doing his piece. He was very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Like, his pieces were beautiful. Right. They were just those beautiful pieces that 
you're like, oh, you're good, right? Mm -hmm. You're legit. Yeah, you're legit. Like, he was just really talented. And so, like, I wanted to also learn from him, too. So, like, we're tagging on this freight train that's, Mm -hmm. like, 10 feet up. So we're up there. We see the cops. The cops start screaming, like, hey, you know, whatever. And he was like, oh, time to go. (laughs) Fucking, like, grabs his shit, starts running in the opposite direction. He's like, let's go. We had climbed the freight train, like, miles down. And, like, walked to find, like, the spot. Uh-huh. So he starts running. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck he's running to. He gets to a place. I see him, like, and he's in front of me. I see him, like, stop, kind of look down. And he's like, come on. And he jumps off. <gasps> oh, no. And he jumps down. It was like a 10, 12 foot, Oof. right? Onto little rocks. Like, it was like, you know, all those, like, little, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, little white rocks. Yeah, like, little pebble, gravel. Like, gravel. Yeah. gravel. yeah gravel. <laughs> like, gravel, guys? <laughs> I'm like, what are the words? I'm like, rocks, little, tiny. Blah. Yeah. Um, so, gravel all over. And so, he jumps, boom, whoosh, catches himself. He, like, you know, gets his footing, looks up, and he's like, okay, come on. Like, jump. And I'm like, oh, man. So, it's like, either I get arrested by those people and get my ass beat by my dad, or I jump into this dude's arms. Um, 10, 12 feet down. Jeez. I was like, well, I'm not getting my ass beat by my dad. So <laughs> jumped into his arms quite literally into like a circular hole right through his hands. Oh, no. Slipped on the gravel, smashed my spine, knocked oh, no. hair out of me. I was like, <gasps> oh. he's like, oh shit, oh shit, you just got the wind knocked out of you. And I was like, I can't, I can't oh. breathe. I was like, oh my God, it hurts so much. He's like, we gotta go. You gotta get up. We gotta go. You could see the cops are like, getting closer and closer and closer to us. I'm like, these fat asses aren't going to jump down. Like, my <laughs> oh my God, scared to jump down. they're not going to jump down. So we like hobble away, get onto the street. As soon as we get onto the street, he's like, are you okay? I was so embarrassed. Are you 15? Yeah. Oh my God. Fine, dude. You know, I wanted him to make out with me. I was like, I got to go. I got to go. I was like, I got to go. I got to leave right now. And I like, literally beelined it to the bus station, get on the bus, couldn't sit down. Oh, mm. no. I literally could not. Oh, I can feel it. I yep. couldn't put any, like, any pressure on my spine. I couldn't sit down. I'm just, like, standing up. I get to the house. My parents are like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm all good. I'm fine. I'm good. I had, like, all poo-poo face on my face. You know, like, I was just, like, constantly <laughs> in, like, ugh. Poo-poo face. My father, was like, <laughs> my father was like, there is something wrong with you. What is wrong with you? And I was like... I hurt myself. I jumped off of this like platform. Why did you jump off the platform? I had to jump off the platform. There was no way else to get down. From I'm like the trying cops. to come up with all these lies. Yeah. 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 No, no big deal, Dan. I'm running from the cops because I deface property of like Chicago public property. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Um, I should definitely go to jail. Um, so much pain that whole night. The next day they had to take me to the hospital because oh, no. I was just like in extreme pain. I ended up having like a compressed spine. They do nothing for it, but just like you oh. just have to wait till it decompresses itself. Oh, shit. And I had to tell my dad. Oh, did you? You told him the truth? I had to tell him the truth because he was just like, what is this? What are we doing? And we were poor kids. Like, you can't just go to the hospital. You know, you don't just go visit, you know? Yeah. So that kind of ended my graffiti career in its magnitude that it was. Like, and the trajectory it was in, it just started to go downhill from there. Yeah. Um, It got in a lot of trouble. But then, like, anytime my dad saw Muse, it was like, Uh uh-oh. Yeah. So then I just kind of had to keep pulling back because if he saw that anywhere in Chicago, oof. Yeah, not good. He knew it was me. Yeah, you were. Yeah, there's no way. Like, yeah, there's no way I I could hide from no one. I was not Banksy. Everyone not. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. Are you Banksy? Yeah. (laughs) That would be so badass. Oh my god. Could you imagine? 
I know. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm not Banksy, though. So it could have <laughs> um, gone a different way for you, though. Yeah, like, it sounds like that was almost like your wake-up call or whatever you want to call it. It was my wake-up call. It was yeah. a big wake-up call to that life. Yeah. To yeah. doing art like that. For sure. I actually had something similar where I was really dating like a nasty fool. Like this dude was... Anyway, not not the right way. Like helping him like rack CDs at like whatever the music store was back then. Yeah. Which is not good. Whatever. Yeah. And we wound up getting in like this horrific car accident. Right? Oh. Yeah. Like brutal. Like the dude's all messed oh. up. The other guy's like paralyzed. Like it was pretty gnarly. But for Whoa. me, that's what stopped it. Because like I was hanging yeah. out with these fucking people and like not going the right direction. And that was it for me. And then after that, yeah. it was like, I'm going to be in theater in high school. <laughs> like, Yeah. Basically, you know? I was like, you know what? Let's go home tonight, Jess. There's yeah. no reason for us to be. <laughs> but yeah. Right. But not everybody wakes up to that call. A lot of people are like, oh, okay, that was Friday. And yeah. Yeah, it's Monday. Yeah. You That's know, true. but like you guys are both lucky that you took that and we're like, eh. Of course, correct. not invincible. Yeah, not invincible. Yeah, no. I'm kind of afraid of uh, having a kid mm-hmm. and seeing yeah. like because I have nieces and nephews, and one is 11, and she's been recently saying that she has WFE, the worst feeling ever. <gasps> What's that? I've never, I've heard, never heard of that. that. Yeah, it's her little like when she has sad days, and I'm like. Wow, at 11, like getting bullied in school and stuff like that. Oh, no. She goes to an all-girls school. Oh, God. Girls can be the fucking worst. I mean, so mean. We will talk if anyone's mean to one of our kids. We're like, oh, we want to kill them. Like, like I feel like that's what I would do. That's why I'm saying I'm afraid of motherhood. I feel like I would roll up to a kid and be like, were you bullying my kid? Do you want to get your fucking ass beat? (laughs) Like an eight-year-old. Like, are you kidding? I know. I would be the one that threatens an eight-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to threaten a two-year-old. My kid, I have a daughter (laughs) in preschool and this fucking kid pushed her off like a big rig tire and she like fell on the cement and hit her head. I literally really was going to be like, you fucking little bitch. Like to this two-year-old, like I will kill you because it's not okay. You know, you have, these, you have these children. You're like, I will. Yeah, it's not. It's not Especially good. the older they get, I would think yeah. like, because I, I told my sister, I was like, who are these 11-year-olds bullying her? Like, let me get at them. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you can't get at an 11-year-old. Yeah. Like, I'll get at them. You can't <laughs> get at them. I feel like you're our kind of people. Yeah. I really do. I'm like, wait a minute. That is actually yeah. really like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go and tag and then like beat up a bunch of kids. Yeah. Then, yeah. Like, We're like, like here. Just yes. put a spray paint can't. We just tagged this across the street from your school. Like, oh my God, our friend, this happened to our friend in high school. Like these taggers like hated her and across the street, they were like, motherfuck this, they said her name and all other shit talking bitches like across our high school. And we went to like a private Catholic high school. Oh, I went to a private Catholic high school too. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And it was like, put on class like across the street for everyone to see teachers i mean everything why yeah but you know she felt kind of cool <laughs> you know? she was like yeah. yeah you know she definitely was like they write about me yeah exactly exactly yeah. oh my god i know it's making me feel old though i love it and then growing up your dad was a referee wasn't he yeah he was a referee for boxing he taught all of us how to box so that was another thing it was like that's cool yeah it was always very cool it's the reason why i married a fighter i just kind of always been in love with people that know how to like that aren't afraid to Put up their dukes. My brother-in-law is a world champion boxer. Your dad oh would probably know who he is. Rafael Ruelas. Him and his brother were both world champions the same time. 
from Mexico. He would know Amazing. who he, they are, the Ruelas I'm sure. brothers. Yeah. I should know who they are. I'm sure if I look them up right now, I bet you I do. I mean, I'm a big boxing You're really into boxing? I'm a, yeah, that's the only sport I do, though. But you probably had a strong family unit. It sounds like your parents, like, were you close to them growing up and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like when you're in a Puerto Rican family, you have no choice. Mm. Like, you have to be close. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just have to be. But no, no, we're we're very close. My parents have been together for a long time. 47 years. Wow. Holy crap. That's a long-ass That's time. a long-ass time. So you know what marriage, you know what it looks like, which I feel like is always good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what marriage looks like if you go their journey, um, if you go their <laughs> route, which... Maybe I won't take that route, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, to each their own, because I feel like one thing I've definitely learned about relationships is that you don't know what's going on in somebody else's relationship. Ever. Ever. No. Ever. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Ever. You just don't know. No. So however they did 47 years, God bless them. What an accomplishment. <laughs> it's a journey. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's always evolving, you know, and there's always shit. And it's like, if you can stay together and grow together and all oof. of those things, like, that's huge, you know? Especially when you throw kids into the mix oh, and it completely changes. You have siblings, right? Many, yeah. Many? How many? How many? I have uh, two older sisters and older brother. Oh, wow. Are You're they, the baby. I'm the baby. Oh. Do they yeah. do anything in the industry or are they oh, no. totally no. different worlds? <laughs> oh, yeah. My... My brother is a teamster. He is? Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. He reps union workers. My sister is a, uh, runs one of the biggest female-led private equity firms in the world. Right on. She's a bad bitch. That is cool. My middle sister's a doctor and she runs Westside Family Health Center. What? That is so cool. How did your parents do this? They (laughs) fucking knocked it out of the park. I have no idea. Yeah. And we grew up, we grew up poor. You know, like we grew up like economically challenged. I don't know how they did it. I'm actually going to be honest because we've been thinking about like having a child. That's all I think about is like what worked, what didn't work, like how they got us to be so ambitious because we're all just really, really ambitious human beings. Interesting. And that's not... I don't know if you're born with ambition. Maybe you are. Like, I, I just don't know. I keep kind of trying to dissect it mm-hmm. because I don't think you are. And then how do you give someone ambition? Right. How do you give someone drive? How do you tell someone purpose gives you, like, sustenance in life? Yeah. And it could be any kind of purpose. And it doesn't have to be being a doctor or whatever, you know, but just having a purpose in life, a zest, a desire, a longing to do, to learn, to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you give that to a kid? Right. That's a great question. My husband's work, he's a doctor, he studies this. And one of the things that they talk about, like the people that live the longest lives, like there's this thing, I don't know if you've heard of Blue Zones. Yes, Blue Zone Kitchens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. And, and one of the things is all the people in these cultures, one of the common denominators is purpose. And so it's like, nature versus nurture, right? You're like, Mm. okay, is it born in you? Or if someone's lacking it, how do you find how to cultivate that in them? So I've recently been reading um, How to Do the Work by Mm. Nicola Perra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a holistic psychologist. Yes. Super bomb. The book is super bomb. Like anybody that is out there listening, (laughs) you know, wants to get into like, therapy or mm-hmm. once to start learning about the self and stuff like I just feel like it's a great book because it's very like tutorial on how to be practical and doing things to help you 
deconstruct like the choices you make and the decisions you make and all that. You know, it also deconstructs trauma and childhood trauma and like, and it's also helped me really empathize with my parents and the best that they could do with the means that they had and thinking about, well, so if I was in those circumstances, like what are the signs in which you can limit the amount of trauma that your child is exposed to because they're going to be exposed to trauma, right? Like we're not perfect human beings, right? Like it's just life is both light and dark. That's right. Trauma and beautiful moments, right? (laughs) Milestone memorable moments. I didn't grow up with much. And now that I have much more than I ever imagined. Now that you have much. (laughs) Yes, now that I have much. Yeah, and and I I feel very blessed and very privileged and I feel so grateful. How do I raise children that still have like this yearning for abundance? And I'm not talking about financial abundance. I'm just talking about abundance because Mm -hmm. I yearned for abundance. Mm -hmm. I did. If my child is born in a space where they have more, yeah, how do right. I still instill ambition and drive and purpose in a child that will have more access than I did? Yeah. I struggle with that a lot, you know, with my kid and yeah. her dad, you know, he's very successful. It's like finding a balance where you don't want your kid to just have everything, you know, and mm-hmm. like these experiences. This is like the stupidest example, but like going to Disneyland not having to wait in lines. I'm like, dude, we had to wait in those lines. Like, that's the stupidest, like, littlest example, but it's still something, you know? And you're like, how can I make sure that you really understand the world? And it's not like this bubble that, you know, we've kind of created because we might have more than when we did when we were little or like, you know, it's a different experience. And so I struggle with that all the time, but it's also just naturally what is, you know, presently. I don't think that's a stupid example at all. I think that is actually a very pivotal moment to give your child this sense of community that she has to get in line with everyone else. Mm -hmm. And like, this is a thing that happens and that everybody gets their chance to get on the ride. And, but then also lines suck. Right. That's what what I struggle with because I'm like, you're like, how do I then like, yeah, I have a two year old and I want her to see as much as she can. Right. I also don't want to go crazy. And I want to. So but it it's is not it's like it's, I, it's a very it's like it, yeah, it is because you're like, moments. dude, fucking lines at Disneyland are the fucking worst. Like, you don't want to. I don't go to right. Disneyland because of lines. I hate lines. I hate, I hate, I hate like lines. Right. I hate. Them. I know. I think one <laughs> of the, the best things I've ever heard mm-hmm. is more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. I'm literally going to write that down. She studied spiritual psychology. psychology. Yeah. Oh. So that's her jam. That's my jam. I'm into, <laughs> I'm into the jam of human beings. <laughs> I'm into the jam of human beings, too. I'm so into it. I'm yeah, so into, it's like, everything. breaking down the psychology, why we do things. Like, I'm mm-hmm. into that jam. Yeah. Which is acting and directing. Which is living. Which is living. I'm which living. is being human. Which is being married, friend, yes. all of it. Experiencing life, being open to it, observing it, like mm-hmm. discussing the soul and like these voices that are in our head and just deconstructing the ways we do things and why we do things. And like, yeah, I'm super into that jam. Same. And that's living. <laughs> Same. I think that's super, super like literally like what life is kind of about. I couldn't agree yeah. more. And that's what we love in people. Like we are mm-hmm. always like, that's why we're doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why we're doing this podcast because we're like obsessed with like getting down and getting into it. Yeah, but you would put her anywhere, like growing up, a club, like wherever we were, you'd find her in a corner, like dissecting someone, like getting into it. You know? 
Yeah, like you're not a, a small talker. No, she's you're not. not a small or a talker. guy's trying to like hook up with her, and she's just like, okay, so when you were four, and yes. you're, you know what I mean? Do you believe in past lives? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that too. Yeah. yeah, it is wild. I did an interview yesterday. Yeah, because I'm apparently supposed to be promoting. <laughs> All right. Things, but um, <laughs> but I did an interview yesterday where she asked me how I identify, hmm. and I said, "Have you have you heard of Ram Das? Oh, I just yeah. watched the little thing. Did you just watch that? Yeah, no. I mean, I watched it years ago. Oh, uh, I just Becoming watched it Nobody. two days ago. There's, <laughs> there's a documentary on Amazon that's called Becoming Nobody. Yes. Which, oddly enough, my movie, I Want You Back, is on Amazon. On I know. February 11. No, Check I was going to talk about there that because I'm... There's the plug, but there's the plug. I did it, right? You did. I want you back. Actually, I want to see that. I did the natural plug. It looks but so it cute. It was actually a natural plug because on Amazon, there's this uh, documentary called Becoming Nobody by Ram Das, And Ram Das was like, he was OG uh, philosopher or psychologist from Harvard, really smart dude, right? And his real name is like, I don't even know. It's something like Bill Johnson or something. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very normal. You know, that was like his guru gave him that name, Ram Das, But then he took a bunch of LSD, had these spiritual awakenings, and this was in the 70s. And then he was like, oh, shit, I learned all this stuff. And then, you know, there were incredible Buddhists and Hindus that were like, no, we learned this thousands of years ago, but it's okay. Here you go. <laughs> like, welcome to our world. This is what we've been studying, right. like human psychology forever. Ever. But it's my favorite documentary because he talks about deconstructing or like going through this LSD trip and feeling trapped in this spacesuit, like this body. Yep. And th- going back to how we were talking about in the beginning about like, this relationship with our body and all this and how much importance we put on this thing that will unfortunately deteriorate Mm -hmm. and it morphs and it changes and it's really just meant to like carry, what is it containing? Our soul or what? Um, But how it's limiting as fuck. Yes. Because you're like, I identify as this now. So I'm in this female body that tans really well in the summer. So I'm Puerto Rican and have like, you know, Taino eyes and I am a woman. I identify with my vagina and Puerto Rican and I have cultural things and I'm also American and I'm also like, I was a graffiti artist and I'm an actor and I'm a this. And and then I'm like, but I'm also none of those things right, right, right. the second. Right. I'm also just kind of none of those things at the same time. And his idea of like literally letting go of the identity and the self. And I just keep being so fascinated in that. And now that you say this quote, more is caught than taught, how we walk through life and yeah, there are things that we catch through our reflective equilibrium, through like the lens that we're walking through that stick onto us even more so than like other things that are imposed on us. That's right. So like, who are we? What is identity? Who are we? Are Mm -hmm. we just like all these things that we caught on this like, as we're being like pulled through life? And then we're storytellers, right? We make them mean something. And then we just regurgitate them. Yeah. 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 At the same time, like, Everything I was yesterday and before is 100% maybe not what I am today and forever. Subject to change. Right. Yeah, like I'm a soul having a human experience. 100%. This fleshy, weird, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm telling you, when I look into my dog's eyes, there is something deep and profound. Oh, fuck Oh, my God. What kind of dog? I have two. Uh, Yorkshire. um, Yorkies? Oh, that was my dog that passed away, Ted. Oh, Uh, Maltese Poodle. No, he passed away years ago. It was weird that that was the first... Interesting. We were talking about souls. Yeah, he was like the first soul that came up. He was like, hey, remember me? He was like, "Um, yeah. Maltese Poodle and uh, Havanese. Oh, I have a shit poo. You have a shit poo. Oh, I love them. I love them all so much. (laughs) I know, but you're right. But I look at them and I'm like, you're just having like a little dog experience. But there's a soul in there just having that dog experience. 
Dude, right? I've never like seen into a soul more than like looking at certain dogs. <laughs> certain dogs, not my dog. I'm no. kind of like not into her right now. But <laughs> interesting. One of my dogs definitely is soulless. The other one is a very deep, profound yeah. soul. <laughs> but the other one's like an animatronic dog. I'm like, yeah. are you? I feel like you're even like, there. Yeah, like I like twist his like I just do like a little twisty in his buns, yeah. and he just like walks around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nice just too. so. It's crazy, you know, every different spirit, soul, whatever you meet. For me, anyways, I'm definitely like a really good reader on people, whatever. You know, like you can meet someone, but mm -hmm. it's like what they're like emulating and like there's so much there. And like even what you were saying about your husband, like he looked beautiful, you know, the first thing you saw, but it was what was inside. And like being able to tune into that and recognize that kind of right off the bat, which I think I do most of the time. Like someone will... That's awesome. Another stupid example. But like they'll hire someone to like, do something to work on the house, let's say. Like, this happened before with my ex. And, like, instantly I was like, no. And I knew. And then he mm. hired him anyway because he doesn't never listen to me. And <laughs> sure enough, it was, like, a horrible decision. But I don't know. I, I know that's, like, kind of... Strong intuition. No, it's, it's intuition. Strong intuition. Right. Yeah. That's the word. What is <laughs> it? Strong intuition. I trust very easily. I do, too. You I do. Like, I, trust very I like people a lot. Yeah, And too. so I, like, tr I'm, like, down to be... You're hard. way harder to I'm way harder. craft than I am. Like, we'll come in. I'll be like, I love Ned. Ned's <laughs> yep. the best. And she'll be like, mm, I don't know about him. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, me and Ned. Now we got to exchange yeah. phone numbers and <laughs> emails. I'm going to go to his like child's like quinceanera. Yeah. And, and then Joe's like, Ned just wants your money. And I'm like, oh, no, Ned doesn't want my money. Like, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. But I'm the exact same way. I just like I trust real hard, real easy, real quick. So do I. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of great people. And I also feel like you can't really take anything from me. Right. 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 That's a great mentality. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I will say I trust in humanity. Like, I'll leave mm -hmm. my bag, like, while my kid and I are on a hike, like, over by the bench. That's more trust than I have, actually. See, I don't even have trust like that. I'm like, that's the trust I do not trust. I was like, that is something. <laughs> Wait, that's just dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Rachel, just leave the bag with me. That is a bad idea. Do not leave the bag. <laughs> but that's the difference, you know? Like, maybe that's the ignorance of, like, trust. No, people, like, you know. You've like, been robbed five times. <laughs> She's have. legitimately been robbed I five have. Do you times. Know, did you ever hear that bling ring? Have you heard that movie? Sofia Coppola did a movie about these young kids who went and were, like, robbing people. Like, Jesus. Yeah, Celebrities. Like, they would see whatever. This was, like, God at least 10 years ago now, probably. But like, they went into my house five times. <laughs> like, I was out of town in my defense, but I, my okay. door was probably unlocked, which, you know, speaks to me just being like, nah, I trust, trust the world. <laughs> <laughs> and they fucking... But you know what? I have said this before. I didn't care. They took all my bags. They took my shoes. They took all the designer shit, right? The one thing they did that was unforgivable was they shit in my bathroom. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that mm -hmm. because that is unforgivable. That is unforgivable. Don't you dare take like, a dookie. This sounds like a Larry David bit almost, but like, you don't shit on my toilet. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then brag about it. <laughs> yeah. They did. They did an interview and they said that. They're like, we got so comfortable at her house, like going in there that many times. The last time I took a shit, like they literally. This is a real thing, Rachel? This hat, like yes. they talked that, about the, yes. the kids got caught. Did they get caught? They got caught. Yeah. yeah. They did get caught. They robbed, like, I don't even know. I feel like Paris, like Paris Hilton, Hilton Orlando, Bloom, they were like all these people. All kinds of people. 
They knew not to steal from my ass. No, no I don't think they would come near you. <laughs> like, well, like- we, I also don't have anything. I don't buy any designer anything. Joe was like, what are people going to steal from us? <laughs> Our books. Books are very valuable. I have really but I have good a books. Si- I have a yeah, size five shoe. So I was like, what are you doing with these shoes? Like, no one can wear them. Well, you got tiny, tiny feet. Yeah, yeah. Cute petite feet. I know. So, it, you know, it's, yeah, that really speaks against my whole Yeah, theory. this whole thing <laughs> just went off on you. Yeah. <laughs> Derailed. Derailed. But like, if you sit with somebody, you could be like, you're fishing. Yeah. But before meeting them, you'll leave your purse for them to take. Here's my purse, but you're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we can't yeah, be but- friends. <laughs> But you, like, I love you. Yeah. You're awesome. You're rad. And, well, you think everyone's rad. But like, <laughs> no, listen I to me, don't. Gina, because yes. I know. <laughs> I only call in my experience rad-ass fucking people. And she's part of my experience that I manifested. Yeah. I yes. can and I will. What about that? Yes. I can and I will. That's a rad production company. Yeah. Thank I you. love it. Thank do you. you look in the mirror and say that? Because I heard you say like someone was like, how do you start your morning? You're like, I looked in the mirror and was like, I can and I will. And I was like, fuck yes. So my dad's been making us say it since I was like 13. See? Yeah, because at first I was like, I didn't dig it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like before <laughs> I go to school, he would put down the passenger and he'd be like, say it to yourself. And I'd be like, dad, this is fine. Today's gonna be a great day. I can and I will. Love you. And then I'd leave every single day. And then when I got to college and I feel a little something, I'd like say it and bring back my dad and my mom and like, you know, if I got a little homesick. And then if I was like, then it was like when I was going to auditions, then it was like the world, then it was like every day. And then I was like, fuck it, I got this. And then when I was coming up with a production company, I was like, yeah, man, I can, I will. That is so fucking cool. Like your dad gave you that mantra as like a female forming at like a pivotal age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you carried that through everything. And whether it was conscious or not, you had yeah. that. That's huge. Yeah. Because you're right. It wasn't conscious at first. And it was very much a, like a, um, I, I rebelled against it just like a little bit. And now I'm like, this is incredible. This is, it really is a very powerful tool. Yeah. And it's a mantra or right. a liche or whatever yeah. you want to call, call it. It's like, sure. yeah, it's a saying that helps me just like get my shit back in line. Yeah, I love that. My mom yeah. always would tell me it's, the, she would say this quote, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Yeah, that's a good one too, though, because that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. Oh, it's so it's hard. So hard. Yeah. It is so hard. But that's one that, you know, she would always tell me, like in high school, like growing. And I'm like, dude, but like it's high school. I'm like, mom, like this kid's being really mean to me. And like, yeah. yeah, I care fully. All I do is care, actually. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it is a good one to learn because it is true. Other people's opinions aren't. No, our it business. doesn't matter. I'm still yeah. working Unless on it. Unless they want to make it our business. And then you can be like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have my kids say that. I can and I will. It's going to be a good day and I can and I will. Today's going to be a great day. I can and I will. I love that. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to have my husband say it too. He will love it. He will love it and he will say it. When I won the Golden Globe for Jane the first year, I used it because I had been saying I can and I will every day. And it was like, I can and I did. I finally (gasps) did. I just got the chills when you said that. Yeah, That's a dream come true. You ladies are rad. You are so awesome. I literally like, I've, like I said, I've always admired you from afar, but like, you're so Uh fucking cool. And congratulations on all your success and directing. I mean, it's just, thank you. So awesome. Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yes. Yes. We're going to make that. uh, We're adapting it to a television show with a bomb ass Latina writer um, at Apple. So it's very exciting. Yeah. That's so cool. With Pedro Amordovan also EPing and 
I'm just such a big fan. Wow. Such and you say fan. that so beautifully. I'm like, yeah. I want to say that again. <laughs> I know. Al Mordovar. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that and, and just kind of life. I'm just excited about life. Yeah. I'm excited what, you for you. I feel like you deserve what you have. And that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Oh, my blessings. Real and deal. inspiration. Mm-hmm. Truly. Oh, I mean that. I feel the same way about you ladies. Thank you. This was awesome experience. Yeah. So fun. I can't wait to go bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go tag up some shit together. Yeah. What's seriously. Up? Tell Jessica we're like, we're waiting for her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when we end our podcast, we usually do a, just like a little game. You don't have to do it. Or if you want to edit it, whatever. We usually do fuck, marry, kill. Um, I'm down with fuck, marry, kill. Okay. I knew you were like, yeah, yeah, feeling like you'd would be fine with it, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So fuck, marry, kill. We did Conor McGregor. Oh my gosh! I know that's uh-huh. scary. Oh, I guess that's the reason why I could see why some I can see why fuck, marry, kill is pretty aggressive because right. you're just like fuck. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fucking can be aggressive too. <laughs> yeah, fucking is super aggressive. I think killing. I think the kill, fuck, marry, kill is the so maybe we'll do like bang, marry, bury. Ooh, that's good. You just coined that. You coined it. You get that. Bang, Mary, Barry. Bang, yeah, Mary, Barry. Connor. No, 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 no. Are you kidding? I um. So wait, we, we so have, two, we have two more people. So you have Connor <laughs> McGregor. Oh, okay, oh, it's the, right. It's the three people. Okay, right, great. Connor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. But by the way, I would always oh, call you're Mary me all Weather. fighters. Oh my god. Yeah, is yeah, that fighters? Yeah, is that too much pressure for you? Mar- I would be like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, it's Mayweather. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> and good old Mike Tyson. Good old Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, I am. It's a Mike hard one. Tyson. Damn, that is a hard one. <laughs> I can't even think because what I would do. I don't think I would bang any of them. I know. Right? I know. I know. I'm I with know. you. I am but with you. But for the sake of the game. For the sake of the game. For the sake of the game. I'm going to bang Mike Tyson because he's yeah. a fucking legend. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to marry Floyd Mayweather. Daddy got money in the bank. There, there you go, go girl. There you go. <laughs> Your priorities are straight. And he's beautiful. He's a beautiful yes. man. Yes. Yes. He is a gorgeous man. He's a little man, but... <laughs> and I'm a little lady, so it's okay. Yeah. Right? There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And then I'm going to... No, I see. I don't even want to bury Conor McGregor. Because... But what Connor's if we? Dope. What if it's like burying him? But like you're at the beach and you're burying him in, the, like you said, in the, in the sand. sand. I'm burying him in the sand because we're friends. Yeah, yes. you're gonna bury me in the sand afterwards. That's and we're right. Take pictures. It's gonna be cute. <laughs> we're gonna put it on Instagram. We're gonna do a slide. We're gonna yeah. do a photo dump. <laughs> That's what me and Connor are gonna do. I feel good about this. I think I would bury Tyson in the sand because it's cute in the as sand. Because <laughs> it would in be the sand is a cute visual. Yeah. Oh my god, because he's the cutest. His he's little, the cutest. His little yeah. like his little face tats just like sticking out, and he's just there, it's just playful, like all happy. In the sand. <laughs> and he's just like an older, sweet man now. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. We saw that fight between Mayweather and Connor. We did in we Vegas, were there. like five years ago. Oh, you guys went. We went. We. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. We like randomly met a guy in a lobby and was like, do you want, we were supposed to go see Britney. <laughs> oh my God. I fucking love Britney. Love. <laughs> That's love why Britney. we love. went. You know, and we're like, oh, we can always see Britney. Little did we know. Like, no, that was like your last chance probably oh, ever. Oh no. Yeah. So we went to the fight because he's like, come on, I have these seats you guys should come with. We're like, okay. And then that's what happened. <laughs> you guys, I got to dance with Britney Spears on Jane the Virgin. You what? Britney was a huge fan of Jane the Virgin. She came on. She played herself. 
Amazing. I had like a one of my surrealist moments on yeah. the show where I dance a segment with Britney. Oh my fucking god. That's and it like, was the best experience of my life. Okay, I'm looking I'm that up so, when we get yeah, off. Look it up. It is I'm going literally, to. I still remember the dance. Dude. Like, it's highlight reel for me in my existence. Oh, yeah. It'll be in my highlight reel <laughs> on my deathbed. Yeah, I'm going to be like, highlight reel, please. I'm so envious right now. <laughs> like, I'm envious is... of my past self. Like, I want to go <laughs> back into time, into that moment and do it all over again. Oh, my God. Yes. That oh, is so fucking fun. Good. That is good. so good. Oh, we're going to so watch good. it right now. Yeah, this. we are. I love you, ladies. I'm um, gonna do it too. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna watch myself. You're gonna like. I'm just gonna do the routine. I am. I'm just gonna. You're do like, the honey. Routine. Yeah, I'm gonna need an audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Gina, you're so fucking rad. You're so, so like. Rad. Thank you so much for talking to us. And thank you. Yeah, we should all hang out for sometime. sure. Absolutely. You're Please. definitely our people. Yeah. Same. Same. Thanks, ladies. All thank right. you so much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. I feel like we're friends now after that conversation. <laughs> I feel like I have solidified a friendship, whether she likes it or not. She does. <laughs> I'm forcing it on her. Both of us are, huh? Well, I feel like she's our fabric of people. She absolutely is. I was so... I pleasantly surprised not well no I expected her to be cool I, I thought she would probably be cool but she like far exceeded the coolness and is like even better <laughs> I actually was a little intimidated going in I really? thought she yeah because she's so powerful and I you know read a lot of different things about her and I was just a little bit intimidated thinking mm -hmm. maybe I would feel scared of her <laughs> <laughs> were you scared no I absolutely adored her and felt so comfortable. Mm -hmm. She's just a little powerhouse, you know? Yeah. I admire her so much. Oh, and she's going to be doing Spy Kids with Zachary Levi, which I saw recently. They're making another movie of Spy Kids. And I was like, I want to do Spy Kids, but I'm happy she's doing it because she's so rad. I mean, that's so cool. That's really fun. I love Jane the Virgin. I watched it, loved it. I didn't know when I first started watching it that it was actually a really good show and she was a fantastic actress. Like mm. I had heard a lot about it, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I thought it was going to be more like sticky or something just from the title. But when I watched it, I was like, oh shit, she's like a really amazing actress. She's mm -hmm. so solid. Yeah. She really is. Totally. She's incredibly talented. I love that she grew up like us. Yes. <laughs> Some of her stories were a little too relatable. <laughs> And I also love her body positive stuff because, yes, I feel like the way she talks to herself and treats herself. Yeah, you know, she's one of those people you genuinely feel happy for when yeah. they're working. And, uh -huh. you know, I think her whole story of how psychologically she got to where she is, like what she learned from her dad and all of that mm -hmm. is amazing. I can and I will. We taught it to Shepherd in sign language. You did? Yeah. That's amazing. Does he do it? Jeff has him look in the mirror every day. He picks up Elliot and Shepard every single day now and has them look in the mirror and say, I can and I will. He he does the whole thing. Today is going to be a great day because I can and I will. That's so good. Yeah. Rob, have you started on Calvin yet? Vincent? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Vincent does it too. <laughs> it's like this. I can and I will. She designed it. That's really cool. Yeah. 
you know what? I need to do that. You can and you will. I can and I will. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Especially lately because I've been feeling kind of like, eh, I need to like pump myself up. I think that's like the best saying you could say to yourself. I think it sums it all up. It's really simple. Exactly. Keep it simple, stupid. So in junior high school, I had a teacher and every morning he'd walk in and on the board, he had written KISS, right? But the acronym. And I still remember it. He was a very mean teacher, but I do remember KISS being up there and keep it simple, stupid. And then you just stick by it. I think it's keep it stupid, simple. What? Well, that works for you, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what the real saying is, unless he was calling you stupid. Oh, wait, you're probably right. Yeah. But it, what I he told you he was a mean teacher. <laughs> it's not keep it stupid simple. No, it's keep it simple stupid. It's stupid right? simple. I'm. I don't Wait, know. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's a lot meaner if you're like, "Hey, keep it stupid simple." <laughs> like no, <laughs> that keep sounds it, like keep it stupid simple. Like you're you're calling the simplicity stupid. The other way is keep it simple, comma stupid. Yeah, it's actually not very nice. And no, it's I wouldn't not. encourage anyone to use it. I would much rather go with I can and I will. I use it a lot, especially on like my male friends when they're just being idiots. I'm like, listen, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. So it applies. It works. Well, if you say it in a loving way, I think it's good. The acronym apparently is keep it simple, stupid. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah, you're right. That's right. I know. I usually am. Same Z's. <laughs> but stupid simple is a term as well. I've never heard it, Rob. Ever I've never in my heard life. that. All right. Well. You just made it up. But she she had a lot of that powerhouse mentality that I think that we could all use. Uh, yeah. Do you ever do that, Rob? Do you talk to yourself and do you pump yourself up? No, no. Are you like no, good not. morning, Vietnam? Yeah. <laughs> Are you like I am Rob? <laughs> yep. Yeah. You guys, you guys nailed it. Yep. <laughs> Rob is the most like unenthusiastic person I've ever met in my life. Like even if he's like so excited, like meeting his like dream, you know, band, whatever, his reaction will always be the same. <laughs> no matter what. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're un um flappable. You really are. It's really annoying. We try to get you all the time. <laughs> Rachel, what about the video? <laughs> while I was in San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, Rob sends us the cut of our song. And by the way... No, no, this was like weeks after our song had been done. Oh, yeah. Our song was done. It was finalized. And we (laughs) loved it. Like, we were so stoked on it. I mean, you got to admit, it's a great song. But we were sitting there. Rob was not with us. He was in San Francisco. And we were like, let's fuck with Rob. I believe that was you because it's Olivia's, oh, actually yeah. Olivia's favorite thing. We're sitting at the breakfast table in the morning and she just goes, Rachel, <laughs> let's fuck with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so we sent him a video saying, hey, Rob, um, we think that the song you made, <laughs> that you helped, you know. Yeah, that we, we had composed. Yes, that's the word. Which took a lot of time and effort on everyone's part and the people that were generous enough to help us. Yes. We said, we think there's too much music in it. <laughs> and he's like, there's too much music. Let me get this straight. Like, there's too much music in the song. And we said, yeah, well, it's really just the music mixed with the lyrics. Like, we think there's too many lyrics and too many notes. <laughs> and just all around too much music. Oh, man. The best part is 
He believed it. He believed it. But not only did he believe it, it. we tried it on a few people because we were so proud. We thought we were hilarious and everyone we sent it to believed us. Yeah. Just like, what do you mean? I disagree. I think it's the perfect amount of music. (laughs) I'm like, it's a song. What kind of song has too much music? Oi. Anybody have ideas out there on how to fuck with Rob to actually get a rise out of him? Please DM me (laughs) or Olivia. Yeah, you'll be more likely to get a response from Olivia. Send to Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And that's in general in life. What? There was years trying to call Rachel and she wouldn't answer (laughs) the phone for years. And I remember a friend of mine said, I think she's got like a phone phobia or something. because I do. Well, our text chains are mostly Olivia and I. Yeah. (laughs) Just responding for you. That's and not then true. Eventually. I chime in there. I'm a good texter, a talker, and not so much. So it's just ironic because we're doing a podcast. <laughs> this is why we're doing it, so we can talk to you. <laughs> I hate talking on the phone. Not to me, you don't. We talk no. on the phone every day. Well, people that I'm like super comfortable with, no problem. But like when I had to call and ask for my friend, like if my friends didn't have their own phone line or phone number growing up, I would not call them because I would be so terrified of having to speak to their parents and to ask for them. Oh, that made me anxious too. I did not like that part of it. You didn't? Mm -mm. So my therapist says like, maybe it's not like anxiety. Maybe it's just like real shyness. Yeah. So what's the difference between that? It's been a while since she explained this to me. (laughs) I will see her tomorrow and get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a full report. You actually are quite shy. And but I'm not. Exactly. It's you're weird. I'm so weird. Is it you're shy with new people and then once you it, but it depends on the people. She's, here's the thing about Rachel. She's not consistent. <laughs> There's some people she'll meet and like you, Rob, instant, like, like she's known you forever, like not an ounce of weirdness or shyness or reservation. And then there's other people. It'll be years and still never really connects with. I think yeah. I'm that way a bit, too. Did you feel instantly comfortable with us? Like you've known us yeah. forever and can't get rid of and want to get yeah. rid of us. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that we may have forced that situation a bit. Yeah, we did. I can't like if I have to drive in the car with someone that I'm not super comfortable with, I have massive anxiety prior to the car ride. Do you take um, that many drives with strangers? <laughs> it's kind of what I do just to like, you know, keep things interesting. <laughs> Is it that you don't want to talk to them? Yeah, like, what are we going to talk about? Like, you know, social anxiety or is it shyness? I don't know the answer. Do you feel more comfortable when it's quiet or do you want them to do the talking for you? Like, what's your perfect situation? Here's a funny story. In high school, so we grew up, you know, here and some of us were friends. Like, we had friends that were good friends with Kourtney Kardashian, right? Uh, We were in Santa Barbara once and I had to come back early for a school play. And none of my friends wanted to leave early, but Courtney had to be back. And she was like, oh, I'll take you back. Come drive with me. Like, I don't want to drive alone. Like, totally, I'll take you. I was so terrified because I didn't know her. Obviously, they weren't the Kardashians then. They were just, you know, friends, whatever. Who is is she? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to drive back with her. She had a Toyota 4Runner. I'll never forget. And I was like, okay, 
if I sit in this car and I just stare out the window and I don't say a word, I'll be okay. For two and a half hours. So we drove for two hours, okay? I'm like 14 or 15 years old. And I stared out the window the whole time. She would like try to talk to me and it would just like say like a word and then look, turn my head and just look right back out the window. Not until we hit the valley and like we were almost home did I kind of start talking to her. And of course I was like really nice. And she was so nice and like just wanted to hang out. But I was so paralyzed in fear of like social anxiety. I didn't like say a word for an hour and a half. (laughs) It's so interesting. I've been in that situation too. You have with Kourtney Kardashian? Yeah, with Kourtney Kardashian. That's amazing. (laughs) No, where I've just like sat there, wanted to be there, wanted to be around the people, but just (laughs) can't say anything and one word answers and just sit there quietly. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah, you are. I am the opposite. Like I will go, if someone's like quiet or you know, I can tell if people are uncomfortable or feeling shy. Like I make it my mission to get in there somehow and get them comfortable. Or I don't know. I think I have an abnormal interest in other people. <laughs> like, truly, I want to know everything. But I think sometimes it makes it easier for people because they don't feel like they have to do the work when they're with me. That's a good point. I do like it when you're around and I'm, we're meeting new people because I don't have to do anything. Yeah. You're like, throw her at it. Throw her at it. You know what? Since we're talking about this and I put that story out there, ever since I was 14 or 15 years old, I have wanted to tell Courtney that I was just very shy and anxious <laughs> and like a little twerp. And like, I still think about it to this day. Like, what the fuck was my problem? It's so weird. I hear, I hear she listens. So if you want to address her directly. <laughs> Courtney, but also not me. everybody's the same. Yeah. You know, like you I've, naturally yeah. may take more time to observe and really figure out how you feel about people before giving yourself away. You're really good. Leah, our other best friend, is amazing in any amazing. social setting. Like if she's there... I feel completely free. I can talk. It's it's like you both are my security blankets and my crutches. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I do that for Jeff too. Like he'll be silent and I'm just like, don't worry, I got it. Yeah. I feel more uncomfortable when it's silent and to to a fault. Like sometimes I just need to relax and let people be in the silence. Yeah. Do you like it when people let you be silent or do you want them to do the work for you? Silence makes me uncomfortable, unless it's someone you're super close with. Oh, yeah. Silence with close people is the best. The best. I remember once there was this old couple at a restaurant, and they were both sitting across from each other reading the newspaper and completely silent the whole meal. And whoever I was with was like, oh, that's so depressing. Like, I hope I'm never in a relationship where there's nothing left to talk about. And I was like, oh, that's so weird, because I look at that and I'm like, That's heaven to me. That's what I want to do every day of my life. That sounds like a great time. Yeah. Like most of my favorite time with Jeff is we're not even talking to each other, even doing anything together. We're just like in the space together, whether it's like reading a book or doing our own things. And we don't feel like we have to fill the void. Right. No, it's the best. All my relationships are that way, you know? I wasn't kidding. Like in silence is when you know you're the most comfortable and you're the closest to the person if you can do that comfortably. Yeah. You know what we do, Rob? 
Rachel and I. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you do? If you want to catch us on any given Tuesday, <laughs> her mom will come over. It'll be the middle of the day and she'll walk into the house and she'll be like, are you guys kidding me? Because we'll just be in bed. <laughs> First of all, we do talk a lot. Like we never stop talking Ever. to each other. And we'll have silence, though. And then sure. in that silence, we'll think of a lot more things to talk about. But <laughs> I love a friend where you can just get in bed with them, be cozy. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Rob. What friends? <laughs> what, what friends do I crawl in bed with? Yeah. Yeah. And just sit in silence. Is that where this is going? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I determine a real friendship by like, is that someone that I would have come like crawl in my bed? Right. No? Rob? <laughs> I mean, sure. Is it a Do you guys thing? ever do that? No. No. I mean, we get, we'll sit on the couch. That, that counts. <laughs> so, that's so... So un- different. Yeah. Yeah. No, we get down in bed. Wait, that sounds... <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I did not mean it like that. But like that's what we choose to do. It'll be like a beautiful day, and people will be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to lunch," and we're like, "Yeah, let's draw the blinds." <laughs> we don't suffer from depression. <laughs> let's draw the blinds and cry to each other and cry. Well, everyone, the fun never ends. Come back again soon. <laughs>